Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The SA taking you inside the Festival State's tennis community thanks to the firstserve.com.au, your home of tennis. Welcome to Edition 5 of the SAC. I'm Bevan Jones, where each month I take you inside the South Australian tennis community. In our fifth edition for 2022, I catch up with 17-year-old Caitlin Baker, recent winner of the ITF Junior Tournament held in Adelaide, former pro turn coach Colin Ebblethite, and 17-time Grand Slam doubles champion Mark Woodford. It was back in September that a teenager from Macclesfield in the Adelaide Hills put the tennis community on notice. Let me introduce you to Caitlin Baker. Thank you so much for having me. Now, recently you won the Junior International Championship at Memorial Drive in Adelaide, your first ITF event win. What did this mean to you? And, and tell us about you know, making it through against the top three seeds along the way. Did it make it even more special? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the whole tournament was just special in general. I actually played one the week before and um, lost second round. So, um, I mean, to sort of, I wasn't expecting big things coming into the second one. Um, like, I knew I had to work hard. Um, but, yeah, to sort of beat the top three seeds, I was sort of going you know, in off a high into the final. Um, And then I was like, oh, like anything's possible. And and to sort of come away with the win, like it was just the most amazing experience. And, yeah, I'm super grateful to be able to um, experience something like that. And, yeah, I remember it for a long time. And even better, you know, doing it in front of your, your, your home crowd as well, you know, with friends and family there to cheer you on. Yeah, for sure. I was travelling sort of earlier that year um, and so to be home in Adelaide, like there's something about sort of Adelaide, like I always play better there. So definitely to be able to do it at home just makes it twice as good. And you mentioned before this year you've you know been competing in ITF Pro events in Australia. Um, how did they go and, and tell us about the events you're involved in there? Um, so, yeah, I did a few... Um, sort of interstate. Um, most of them were in Queensland or in Melbourne. Um, ITS was sort of a bit challenging because um, I suppose um, some of them were junior ones, whereas the UTR pro ones were senior ones. And so I went into them sort of as a bit of an underdog, whereas the junior ones, you know, are sort of a little bit more known. So I sort of struggled with to sort of move forward in them a little bit more rather than the UTR pros where I was sort of the underdog and, like, anything could happen. So I suppose um, those ones interstate, the UTR pros, I probably did a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, both of them were just great experiences. And, um, yeah, I was really fortunate to be able to travel interstate and play those. So, yeah. And you're currently at the Seacliff Tennis Club. Um Who's your, your current coach at the moment, Caitlin, and, and, you know, explain your relationship with him or her? Um, so I'm currently coached by Jean Van Rensburg um, and Anthony Lane. So with I've been with Jean since I was probably about 10 or 11. So we've sort of worked together for a while. And then um, Anthony has sort of just recently um, been coached by him 
earlier this year. And, um, yeah, they're both great coaches and um, both so different. Um, Anthony's more tactical, whereas Jean's probably more like um, the hitting side of things, um, which both really works in well with my game. So I can sort of have a variety of things to sort of talk about and um, how to undergo situations on the court, which is really good. And you've spent three seasons now at the Seacliff Tennis Club. Um, how did you end up there, you know, being a Macclesfield girl? And for those people listening, Macclesfield's a, a you know, part of the Adelaide Hills, which is a bit of a drive to Seacliff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, it goes back a long way. Um, I was sort of, um, my coach, Sean, coached a girl called Sydney. Um, and Sydney plays for Seacliff. And so I sort of got to know her pretty well. Um, just from trainings and stuff. And so that's how I sort of got into contact with Seacliff. And then um, I played a couple seasons with them and I absolutely loved it. Like the club's amazing. Everyone's like works together, such a great community. And um, yeah, so that's sort of how I got in there. And then um, I sort of worked my way up in the teams and got an opportunity to play like state league levels and and so, yeah, that's sort of how I worked in with Seacliff. And, yeah, they're just a great club that I really enjoy playing with. And the drive doesn't bother you and, and your, your parents as well? <laughs> oh, it's it's a bit of a struggle sometimes. But, um, no, it's amazing down there. Like, the tennis club sort of looks over the beach. So, like, we can't complain. It's not, <laughs> not a bad drive down. And, and tell us about your tennis journey before... Uh, you know, being involved at Seacliff and, and stuff, Caitlin? Um, so I started probably, well, I actually sort of started off the idea, like I saw my parents hitting and I was actually like amazed by the, how hard they could hit the ball. And so I really like wanted to get into the game. And then, so we went to the local tennis club at Macclesfield and then um, I sort of, I was sort of like addicted from a young age, like I couldn't, probably started playing at maybe six or seven and, and um yeah I just like got absolutely addicted to the game and so did my brother so we used to hit for ages down at the local courts and then I sort of got into a few teams there and then we um got to play in this event called Foundation Cup and um that was sort of like a regional event and I managed to make the team and get to compete against other regions and that's when I sort of got recognised and got scholarships, I suppose, down to Tennis SA and things like that. And no doubt there'd be some, uh, would have been some pretty big battles against your brother over the years. I uh, can imagine you wanted to beat each other. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, we sort of like, I don't really like to go down that path with sort of competing against him because it can get a little bit competitive and, you know, our hitting might get cut a bit short sometimes because <laughs> one's better than the other. So so we usually um, keep – I usually keep away from the uh, match play with him and we just keep it to casual hitting. <laughs> so, and and how's, yeah. his, how's his tennis going and what's his name? Um, so his name's Jake and, um, yeah, we hit all the time, probably every day and um, – he also plays for Seacliff now, and he played junior state league, but he's a couple of years older now, so he's um, into seniors, and he plays um, down at 
see Cliff in Metro 2 this year. Um, so pretty, still pretty high level tennis and yeah, we're still pretty competitive against each other. So, well, it sounds like the, the, the Baker family tennis day would be a, a pretty big event. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is there someone that you look up to? I know Ash, Ash Barty's obviously retired now, but you know, was, was she yeah. one that you like to look up to and anyone else as well? Oh, for sure. I think. Ash Barty, because of, like, her game style um, in particular, I loved how she could sort of vary play um, and, like, no matter how hard someone would hit the ball to her, she could always sort of get that back with something better. And so I just sort of loved watching her. And, I mean, I've, I loved Dominic Team for a while, but he had he's got some injuries at the moment. So currently, I sort of just watch Ash Barty's videos um, on replay. I don't really have a have a favourite at the moment, but I just yeah, I just love watching the professionals compete and and yeah, I look up to pretty much all of them because they're all so talented in what they do and how they operate. And where to from here for the rest of 2022? Obviously, we've got a few months left before uh, the end of the year. And, you know, any yep. more tournaments coming up for yourself, Caitlin? And, and any plans for college in the future? Um, well, I got into the um, ITF, like a senior ITF in Adelaide, but I had to pull out of that because of being unwell. Probably, like, um, I've got a few interstate tournaments that I've put my name down for and um, the... Under 18 Australian Championships um, is in start of December, so I'll see how we go in that. And um, yeah, I suppose I just would like to take tennis professionally, and we'll see how we go in the next couple years. And and if that sort of comes off the rails a little bit, I'd like I would like to keep the college option open. Yeah, tennis professionally is definitely my pathway that I'd like to head down and. And, um, yeah, so I suppose we'll just see how these next few tournaments go and what opportunities come my way. How are you balancing that at the moment with, with your schooling? Um, yeah, not too bad. With tennis and stuff, I f- actually find that school's a lot easier when I've got, like, a tournament or I'm, like, away because, you know, I just have to focus on the subjects that um, I have assignments due for. So <laughs> school's pretty cruisy at the moment. I don't know what I'm going to do after school at this point. Yeah, just keeping options open. I definitely have to complete year 12. My parents say it's a must. <laughs> so as much as I'd love to put it on hold for tennis, I yeah, I'll probably complete year 12 and then sort of I'll definitely still travel next year and see how I go. But, um, yeah, when exams come, I'm definitely going to try and finish year 12 and and, yeah, I suppose we'll see how we go from there. And no doubt your schoolmates would have been pretty proud of you and you would have been a bit of a hero when they found out you'd won this <laughs> tournament recently. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Um, um, a lot of – some of them were like – they don't really understand tennis very well. And so some of them were like, that's amazing. And others were like, I'm, I don't really know what to say and I don't really know how good that is, but that's really good. So, so yeah, um, <laughs> No, it was it was really good coming back to school because um, I really like keeping sort of my tennis separate to my school because 
um, when things aren't going so well tennis-wise, I actually like I can sort of go to school and have that sort of different environment to tennis. It sort of takes my mind off things a bit. So, yeah, it's really good. Well, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you today, Caitlin Baker. Well done again on winning that tournament recently. And I'm sure there's going to be a very bright future ahead of you and, and look forward to following your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great to catch up with Caitlin on the way in her journey. We will follow her with great interest. To our next guest at the other end of the spectrum, who retired back in 2013, a former pro for 13 years on tour, who won three ITF singles titles along the journey, and he's gone down the coaching path since he stopped playing tennis. Yeah, thanks, Bevan. Thanks for having me on. Now, you've just been accepted into a fantastic role in Brisbane after you've done great things with SA Tennis, which we'll speak about in a moment. Uh, what's the new role all about? Uh, yeah, no, I just, um, just accepted the role up in Brisbane at the National Tennis Academy. So to be uh, a little bit more on court coaching, uh, yeah, a couple of players. So just waiting to find out a bit more detail on it. But yeah, going to head up there at the end of the year. And it's a full-time role based out of Brisbane, but I'm sure there'll be uh, yeah, quite a bit of trouble involved in it. And my understanding is you'll be working with 15 to 23-year-olds, is that correct? Some of the best up-and-coming talent in Australia? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, exactly. So I think um, with the NTA, that's kind of where the, the best players in Australia get offered the opportunity to kind of trade out of. And um, yeah, I mean, I've got offered an opportunity to to get back into the coaching side of things. And uh, yeah, the timing worked out really well. So yeah, really looking forward to it. And and tell us about the role with, with Tennis SA. What's, what's been your role there and... and I believe you've been doing a fair bit of stuff with the Super Tens competitions as well. Yeah, yeah. so for the last uh, 15 months or so, I've been the Talent Operations Manager here in South Australia for Tennis Australia. So I work in part of the team with Sandon Stolly, who's the National Development Squad Coach. Um, and, and my space kind of looks over the Super Tens pathway, uh, the implementation and the running of the zone squads, and also helping Sandon uh, facilitate and, and coach the 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 NDS squads in the evenings and mornings. Wonderful. And so Super 10s, um, tell us more about that. I, I, from my understanding, it's the best of the 10 and unders around South Australia. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. So I guess it's an opportunity for yeah players that are 10 and under to be able to compete in the Green Bull competition. Um, we run it here in, in SA on a Sunday. Each state does it kind of a little bit different depending on their environment. But here in um, here in Adelaide, we run it on a Sunday, so it doesn't clash with any of the club competition because we think we have a yeah, really strong pathway with the club set up. So it's, yeah, Green Bull competition. Players, the top 16 boys and girls get into the, the competition and they get to play in teams of four. Um, there's an assigned coach or team manager to each team and, that, you know, just able to help them with their strategy out there, a little bit of emotional control, help them with the rules and, and hopefully make it a really positive and fun experience for, for those kids. And um, I guess, yeah, we also have another part of that pathway where any any player that has come out to trial for the Super 10s who, who um, doesn't get selected in that 16 boys or 16 girls, they get an opportunity to train for 90 minutes um, with a squad that's facilitated by by us as a, as a Tennis Australia team here in Adelaide. So... Yeah, we think that's a, a really important piece of the pathway to try and get the base nice and wide and, um, yeah, hopefully have a lot of kids fall in love with the sport. As we know, it's a really long journey, but, yeah, we want to try and give them a great experience of that, at that at that age and hopefully, yeah, hopefully help help some South Australians come through if, if that's what they want, want to do later on in their journey. And speaking of coaching and stuff, Colin, after your playing career, um, you know, explain what you've been doing with the coaching and, and I guess what you enjoy about it and, and some of the some of the up and coming players through your time as well as, you know, some of the big names. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I guess finished up playing in, in 2013 and, um, yeah, have always had a, a passion for coaching. So I didn't play from the age of 19 to 21, so I had two years away from playing. And, and at that point, I was a club coach here in Adelaide at a club called South Bank Tennis Club. Um, and I, I really enjoyed coaching and, and giving back to the to the sport, but also kind of you know, helping the kids with their with their tennis journey. And that, I guess at that time, a lot of the kids were just uh, local club players um, and I, I just found a lot of satisfaction with helping the kids um, with a game I guess that I love so much so yeah finished up playing in 2013 um, yeah I had the opportunity to help out at Tennis SA I, I was the state and regional development coach under Milo Bradley and Rowan Fisher uh, which was a great opportunity for me so I facilitated the the state squad um, here in Adelaide and, and was able to do a little bit of private coaching with some of the up-and-coming juniors at that point. I, I coached a boy at that time, his name was Eddie Vaux, who was fortunate enough to win a couple of the, the nationals as he was coming through. Um, and then in 2017, I, I took on a role based out of Melbourne for the Women's Pro Tour um, under Nicole Pratt, based out of Melbourne. So that was a travelling role, um, and I, I was assigned to a couple of players there. So I spent a fair bit of time with uh, Ellen Perez on the road and also Jamie Fawless. Um, and then whenever I was back in Melbourne, was able just to help out wherever wherever I could and just spend a little bit of time on the court with Storm Sanders. And, um, yeah, Nicole Pratt was obviously doing a lot with Dasher and just helped out a little bit on with her as well. So, yeah, it was a great, great experience. And, um, yeah, I think you know, I've been really fortunate to be around some really experienced coaches. I, I got coached by Brod Dyke when I was growing up, who was just an um, encyclopedia of tennis, and I was really fortunate to have, have him um, guide me and then, since I've finished up playing, I've had some great mentors in, you know, Sandon Stolly, Rowan Fisher, Nicole Pratt. Um, you know, Paul Bacanella coached me for a year when I was in AIS, which was, you know, just one of the best years of my, my playing career. And, um, yeah, just learned a lot. So I guess that's where the, the passion for coaching, coaching started. And, um, yeah, I've kind of always loved being on court and trying to help the players, I guess, in that, in that space. They're getting really close to, to kind of, getting their teeth into a professional career. So I guess, you know, when I felt like when I was doing it, I probably didn't, I made a lot of mistakes and wasn't really sure what I was doing. So I guess I'm just trying to pass on a little little bit of wisdom that hopefully helps them um, make that jump and have a really successful career. So, And and speaking of SA talent, one of the real up-and-comers at the moment, we saw her do really good things in the Adelaide International earlier this year, is uh, Charlotte Campanar-Pox. You know, you've had a little bit to do with her. Do you think she has the ability to, to make it to that next level as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just um, yeah. I guess at the start of the year, I think her, her private coach at the time was unable to to um, help her during the Adelaide International, so just filled in um, just for for a week or so there. And yeah, she had a great event. Um, yeah, she's got a lot of potential, a lot of, a lot of upside. Um, I know she had a, a, a pretty bad injury at the French Open, but I think she's turned the corner now. And yeah, we're all hopeful that she um, yeah can can stay healthy and. Um, yeah, have a have a good crack at, at her uh, at her her journey. So has a lot of upside, a lot of potential, and yeah, looking looking on as a fan with um yeah with a lot of interest, and yeah, really hopeful that she goes great. And what's it been like developing some of this talent throughout your coaching career, Colin, and and you know seeing them go on to bigger and better things? Yeah, I guess that's that was probably the the, the thing that draws me to coaching is you know you, you're helping people with their lives as well so it's the, the tennis is one part of it but hopefully you're instilling some really good habits and and good values and you know whether they you know go on to achieve amazing things with their tennis or you know they, they can achieve different things with their life I just yeah hope that every time 
kind of I'm on the court with them that they've had a really positive experience and they um, yeah remember fondly of the time. So that's kind of yeah that's what excites me about the the coaching pathway. Yeah, tell us about your journey. What it was like playing on on the on the biggest stage in the world in in front of your home crowd. Yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to. <laughs> get through one year at the wildcard playoff in the singles so yeah had the opportunity to compete the Australian Open in um in the main draw in the singles one year I guess yeah the day itself was a little bit disappointing to be honest with you I didn't play my, my best but you know the, as I reflected on it when I finished um playing it was a yeah a bit of a highlight for me I guess played a few doubles at the Australian Open and made uh made the third round there one year with with Adam Feeney so yeah no I had some some good experiences with the tennis and I probably yeah, had a bit of a, a bit of a disjointed career with having those couple of years off at, at 19 and you know, sort of a really late developer and not a very good junior and kind of just fell in love with the sport and just went after it. So, yeah, although it didn't reach the heights that you know, everyone dreams of as a kid, I, I still feel like I had a, a really good experience out there playing and, um, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't change it for anything. And how did you first get into tennis? I got into tennis. My brother was getting some lessons. I think I was about... Uh, eight or nine at the time and I went went down to the club and I guess I was watching and uh, yeah I had to be a part of it so I think the second week of his lessons we were having a, a combined lesson which he probably wasn't uh, yeah overly impressed with but yeah got out on the court from there and that's where it started so that was at the Morphavale Tennis Club in um, yeah in the south of Adelaide and had a coach there Maria Letta who um, yeah looked after us for a couple of years and then um, yeah, like I said, I was fortunate enough to have Brod Dyke as my private coach from about 12 all the way through to, to 19 when I had a bit of a break there. So, yeah, really fortunate that my, my father kind of sounded out Brod and, and uh, Brod was willing to coach me. So, yeah, I look, I'm really grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, Brod obviously taught me a lot of, a lot of things. So, your, your parents, were they sort of a big influence on your tennis career? Did they play themselves as well? No, they didn't. They didn't play actually. Oh, my mum, mum played a little bit at that club, and that's I guess how my brother started his his lessons there. But my parents are South African, so yeah, they immigrated in 1981. Um, I was born here, same as my brother, but my my entire family and um, is South African um, heritage. So dad was a good sportsman in South Africa, played a lot of cricket, soccer. Um, my mum played yeah some tennis here in Australia, but they were never really involved. In, in tennis kind of in in any real serious capacity so they were just uh yeah awesome parents who supported my brother and i in any any venture that we wanted and um, yeah he became he's quite academic and, and went down that pathway and i guess i went down the tennis pathway so yeah they were fully fully supportive and gave us every opportunity and uh, yeah i guess i'm grateful for that and, and, and what's your thoughts at the moment obviously it's been a, a very controversial subject in the last couple of years that's the utr what's your thoughts on it good place for the utr um in some capacity i know there's been a few teething issues with the rollout potentially um i think you know the most important part in developmental coaching is you know play, kids playing matches and um enjoying the competing side of the game so you know whether it's for the utr or or for points i don't think that really should matter too much at the younger ages the kids just need to kind of yeah you know enjoy the competing side of it and the more they can play matches and competitive matches i think um yeah that's going to be Great for him. And your thoughts on, on tennis in Australia at the moment? Where do you see it at, Colin? And, and you, you know, do you think there's a, a bright future? I mean, obviously, Ash Barty's um, pulled the pin, which is a real shame with the way she was going. But, uh, yeah, where do, you, where do you see tennis at the moment in, in Australia? Um, in the men's side. So, yeah, they're going, going along really well. Obviously, got the Davis Cup finals coming up soon. And I know the Fed Cup, well, the Billie Jean King Cup finals are coming up as well soon. So the teams are going well. Um, yeah, I guess I think the, the challenge is always to try and, keep getting that pipeline 
coming through more consistently. I think that's, you know, I don't think anyone would ever be satisfied with where, with where it's at. So you keep keep trying to make the make it as best you can. And I guess that probably starts at the moment, the role that I'm doing here in Adelaide and, and trying to give yeah the, the SA kids a really good experience with the sport, yeah, with, with my role and with the capacity I have with the game. So, yeah, it's, um, I think there's always a lot of positives with what we're doing. Could be doing, you know, always could be doing better in terms of results of course but like I think it's also you know time sometimes just to to stop and reflect I think for the population we're doing doing okay so well Colin Ebblethwaite thanks so much for joining us today on the SA scene it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you congrats again on your new role over there in Brisbane you've certainly got a very bright future ahead no doubt about that in whether it be in coaching or, or development within Australian tennis I'm sure we'll see you around for a number of years excellent thanks Bevan Great to catch up with Colin Ebblethwaite and we wish him all the best in his new role with the NTA in Brisbane. Last but not least, a man who needs no introduction really at all. SA Tennis Royalty, 17-time Grand Slam doubles champion, former world number one in doubles, 67 career titles. Mark Woodford, stop by for a chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And let's go back to your tennis journey back in good old South Australia, Mark. Tell us about where it all began <laughs> well, for you. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> where it all began and, and explain how you made your way through the ranks to go on and be one of the, the best doubles players of all time with, of course, the one and only Todd Woodbridge and, and John McEnroe before that. Growing up in Adelaide, I think it's all, always helpful, Pro- probably, you know, looking at that, that time frame. It, it's always helpful in your age group when you've got mates, when, you, when, you're, when you're not the only one. You know, growing up in Adelaide, there was, you know, three or four others that were actually, you know, I was good mates with and, and we were around that same level and, and so you had this friendly rivalry. And, and so getting into the state squads was, you, you, you know, it, it, it helped me, you know, the weeks that I'd come up to or the days that I'd come up to uh, Memorial Drive after school. And I'd be getting great practice against the likes of Darren Cahill, who, who we know is, you know, one of the, the all-time coaches at the moment. Peter Carter, who also worked with Roger Federer before his untimely passing a number of years ago. Todd Viney, there, there, were, there was probably at least half a dozen guys, you know, that I could get good practice with. Probably where, where the, the roads started to just separate was when the Australian Institute of Sport was formed. And I applied, along with some of our, my, my good mates there in Adelaide, to move to Canberra and, you know, become part of the system, the player development program. And unfortunately for me, I was never selected, and and uh, and at that time, in that time frame, I was probably, I mean, I I, I was a little better than the rest of the guys. I I, I had, uh, you, you know, was winning winning tournaments and uh, a slight edge above those guys, but I wasn't selected to go into the Institute of Sport. And whilst I was, I mean, look, I was extremely uh, frustrated. I was upset. I was no, no doubt, uh, you know, I was look, I was. 15, 16 years of age, and no doubt we had a, had a little bit of anger. I was like, well, you know, what what have I done? What what is it that you know they're not picking me, and they're picking the others? But look, I, I probably put it into the right context at that time. I didn't let it, I didn't let it change me or alter my course. My my goal was still to become a professional tennis player. It, there's no one route that you take to become a professional tennis player. So you know, look, I, I figured it was a 
minor setback, but it, it wasn't going to cause me to, you know, it might delay my, my journey, but it wasn't going to deviate my journey. So there were other avenues for me and, and uh, I, I ended up travelling away with uh, an independent coach who, a former professional player, which we don't have that many from in Adelaide. Uh, we, we've probably had more over the last uh, 20, 30 years, but before then there were few and far between. But this one guy, Barry Phillips Moore, who was a, a good friend of my dad's and uh, he at the time was taking uh, young fellas away over to Europe to learn how to play tennis and only play in Europe, only play on the clay courts. It's a surface that we don't have in Australia at all. And yeah, so instead of instead of moving to Canberra, I felt like that I I did my apprenticeship or my my kind of yeah yeah my uni course over in Europe, traveling around with again, in a team scenario, you know, with with other guys around Australia who were in the same boat as I was. They weren't good enough to be in the player development program and they had to go about learning tennis on their own privately, being funded by their parents. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really fortunate that my, that my parents were able to, you know, fund me. I mean, we, we weren't um, wealthy by any means. Uh, you know, I have two older sisters and they, yeah, you know, my parents were still, you know, helping them out as well. But um, I think being the only son and my dad really wanted to give me that opportunity of of trying to become a tennis player. So, um, you know, I look back now and I think, you know, like that was, it was one of those moments. It's like, thank goodness I didn't get selected in the Institute of Sport because, um, I, I don't think I would have achieved um, what I did in the game um, without going through those experiences that I did traveling in a team uh, over in Europe the first four years. And how much of an influence has, has Ray, your dad, been on your career as well, Mark? <laughs> dad, oh my goodness. Well, look, we've, we've had we've had our moments, and I think um, you know, look, I, I stopped, I stopped. Uh, being well tried to stop being coached by my father uh, when I was 15 16 uh, I, th- I think for anyone that knows my dad uh, Ray and and you know we we give him a nickname uh, now called Razor Ray um, <laughs> he he's very sharp he has a loud voice he's not shy about telling you whether you're doing things wrong or whether you're doing things right it is actually was a difficult thing as a 15 or 16 year old to think that you could do some things right. Look at throughout my career, he's been a constant presence. You know, my, my parents, I, I went through in my early 20s, my parents are separated, they divorced. I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad through a, a period of time, but I, I realized that he's my dad and, and he was the one that probably instilled a lot of the, the necessary components for me to be a professional athlete. And, uh, you know, look, I, I look back and I, I, I mean, I still have to laugh at times when he did come away and and look he never played at this level at at a professional level but boy he still thought he could coach me all the way and the times that you know he might be sitting next to my coach and I'd be looking over at my coach on the change of ends to you know to try and draw upon that energy and my dad would stick his head in in front of my coach thinking that I'm looking at him and he'd give me the, the fist come on and I'd have to walk down and say I'm not looking at you I'm looking at my coach would you still sit back um, so you know he, he 
he he you know i think even to this day you know if i when we talk about when i catch up with him and and you know say that i've you know i've been out having a hit and uh you know it, it's always that so how'd you hit him what racket did you use did you did you hit him okay and and did you beat the other person my dad, calm down. I'm, I'm just having a social hit. <laughs> so um, he, he um, you know, a tremendous, tremendous influence. Um, uh, I, I think as 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 any, you know, father that when you know their their kid is out there playing a sport that they love and they they never you know had that opportunity. He you know kindly and lovingly provided that opportunity for me to uh, to realize my dream. Uh, look, I've been blessed. I really have been blessed with partners. I played with John McEnroe. I got to play with Martina Navratilova in mixed doubles. And 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 look, she's arguably the greatest ever female tennis player when you combine singles, doubles, and mixed doubles together. I mean, I got to play with Martina as well. And, you know, I learned a tremendous amount. I won a Grand Slam with her uh, at Wimbledon, which helped me succeed when I got to play with Todd in that fantastic partnership that lasted 10 years. So I don't think I would have, the Woodies may not have had that as much success if I had not have had the experience of playing with Navratilova or McEnroe. Can firmly say, I, I believe to this day that I would not have achieved the results on the doubles court if I had not had that opportunity playing with John McEnroe. Um, I, I learned a lot. I I was in awe. It, it just was amazing to be with someone with with greatness, to be partnering with greatness. And uh, uh, he opened my eyes up. I thought that I knew a little bit about doubles, that I could play a little bit, but I, I learned, quickly learned that I, I didn't know much about doubles, but Hey, you know, I took that opportunity and and uh, sponged as much information from him as I could. You mentioned Todd Woodbridge, obviously one of the best doubles combinations of all time. Yourself and Toddy, you've been to numerous Olympics, won so many Grand Slams. You know, Davis Cup. The list goes on. Looking back on your career, is it surreal to think the amount of success that you both had together? <laughs> it, it, it is. Uh, it, it is those moments, and 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 even as I'm talking to you, and I. Uh, yeah, it, it really was the best time, you know, playing with, uh, you know, someone that was your, 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 your best mate, someone that was experiencing, you, you know, the, a similar pathway as to, you, you know, we both were competitive. We both believed we could, you know, improve on a yearly basis. Um, we both had very similar goals we we might and and we might have had some differences obviously me being left-handed Todd being a righty I was a little older five years older than Todd but it was like this jigsaw when we got together it really was this jigsaw and again I have to 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 probably thank McEnroe for that because when he decided that he was not going to be playing doubles any longer he sat me down and and said you know just communicated with me that this was his decision that he was making, but he encouraged me to actually play with an Australian, someone who was younger, someone who was right-handed because McEnroe believed the best doubles teams in history were a righty and a lefty combination. He encouraged me to 
you know, to focus on representing my country in Davis Cup. So if you could pair up with someone of a similar level, you could be playing Davis Cup for, you know, the next decade or more. And someone who had a passion to play, to be a player. And McEnroe's version of a tennis player was someone who wanted to play singles and doubles and at the Grand Slams, try to play mixed doubles. So, you know, with all of these attributes that McEnroe was listing, I mean, I, I probably started off with maybe six names uh, in the mix. And, and as he kept going down, you know, like two, three, four, five on the list of attributes, probably my internal list of players who I could pair up with started to get shorter and shorter. And basically, at the end of that meeting with McEnroe, the one name that stood out to me was Todd Woodbridge. And uh, so it wasn't too much longer that I reached out to Todd. I, I knew of Todd. Uh, we had the same agent at the time. I, you're always aware of the younger generation that are coming up behind you because you know that they want to kick your butt. <laughs> so I, I, I really did know Todd, you know, and his his uh, ability at coming out of juniors. And, and of course, I was aware that he was finishing up his doubles partnership with Jason Stoltenberg, who he had played all his junior career with. And uh, Todd had a tennis coach. At the time, I didn't have a tennis coach. I'd been working with a fitness trainer on my fitness. And Todd, I, I'd been told, was actually looking for a fitness trainer. So it, it's amazing how these just these pieces came together. And so the Woodies were born. And it didn't take long for us to really recognize this, the, the, there, was, there was just that feeling on the court. Great to catch up with Mark and reflect on his amazing career. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the SA Scene. If you'd like to recommend a guest to come on the show out of SA, drop us a line at thefirstservesen at gmail.com. That's thefirstservesen at gmail.com. Look forward to joining you next time for the SA Scene. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, Read weekly features by our team of writers and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.